I'm glad you're back for day four of our look together through Mark chapter 10, verses 28 to 45 today. These are verses about keeping real life in perspective. Following Jesus' challenge that we looked at yesterday for the ruler to leave it all and follow him, I want you to listen with me to what Peter says. He's just heard Jesus have this exchange. He says to the rich young ruler, leave it all, follow me. The ruler says, no. Listen to what Peter says in verse 28. Peter said to Jesus, we have left everything to follow you. (laughs) It just makes you laugh because it's so much like what we would do. Look at us, Jesus. Look at me, Jesus. We did what the ruler would not do. I can just see Jesus smiling. And here's what he said, verses 29 to 31. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied. No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and with them persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Jesus has just heard Peter say to him, we've left everything to follow you. And he he could have sarcastically responded to Peter by saying, Peter, you didn't really have that much to leave. I mean, you had a few rotting nets, a few stinking fish, not like that ruler over there. But that's not how Jesus speaks. Instead, he simply taught the truth. He lovingly taught the truth. He says to his followers, whatever you've truly left for me and the gospel, you're going to receive back a hundred times as much in this life and eternal life. Now, what's that about, this hundred times as much? Well, let's just walk through this. He talks about family, brothers and sisters. If you become a believer in Jesus Christ and your family disowns you because you've become a believer, you are going to get hundreds and even thousands of brothers and sisters in Christ in the church more than hundreds of times as much. Jesus talks about fields here. If you lose fields, you'll get a hundred times as much. If your inheritance is lost because you're a believer, and that is what a field would be in that day, an inheritance you'd get from your family, he says you're going to get the greater inheritance of serving the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Your home may be lost, but you're now welcome in hundreds of homes, hundreds of times as much, even in this life. But Jesus says, remember, there's also eternal life on top of that. And then Jesus says, he's just keeping life in perspective. Remember, along with them, this hundred times as much, there'll also be persecutions. That's part of living the Christian life. You have the blessing of all these new brothers and sisters in Christ, but you also have the persecution of those who don't agree with you following Christ. And your life for them, it feels like a condemnation. Now, you're not speaking condemning words but it feels like a condemnation because they don't want to cross that line of accepting God's love. And also remember, Jesus says, let's just keep things in perspective. The first will be last and the last first. Even you receive these hundred times as much. You may seem to have all these blessings in this life. Remember, God's going to turn things upside down when we get to heaven. So don't count on it too much. Count on God totally. Don't count on things too much. Jesus is just saying here, keep life in perspective. Now, we see why this teaching is so important and what happens next in the life of Jesus and the disciples. Listen to what Jesus teaches the disciples in verses 32 to 34. They were on their way to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. Again, he took the 12 aside and told them that he was, what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, 
and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death, and they will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Now, first at the beginning of these verses, it says they were astonished and afraid as they were following Jesus. Why were they astonished and afraid? Because they were headed to Jerusalem. And they all knew that the centers of power, of religious power, of cultural power, political power were in Jerusalem, and they hated Jesus. So they were astonished that he was going back there. They were afraid of what was going to happen when he got there. And on the way there, did you notice? Jesus tells them exactly what will happen when they get to Jerusalem. There should have been no surprises. He just goes down bit by bit, thing by thing, and says, this is what's going to happen. But their perspective, the perspective of these followers of Jesus, it was totally out of whack. It was so out of whack, they were so focused on themselves that they totally miss what Jesus tells them. Not like that never happens to me. Listen to what happens because they're so focused on themselves. In verses 35 to 40, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit on your right and the other on your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. But to sit on my right or left, that's not for me to grant. Those places belong to those for whom they have been prepared as a ransom for many. It's amazing. Jesus has talked about his death. You would think the disciples would come and say, Jesus, we didn't understand. What is this about your resurrection? But instead, James and John immediately come and ask, Jesus, can we have the thrones beside you in glory? They totally missed it. In fact, if you look at what's happening here, they actually wanted to get glory for themselves through the cross, a place where the glory only goes to Jesus. Jesus says, you don't know. You don't understand. To be beside me, I'm going to be on a cross. Can you drink that cup, that cup of suffering? Can you be baptized with that baptism? He's not talking about baptism of faith here. He's not talking about the baptism that happens into the church. He's talking about being immersed in a persecution and a suffering of life. Now, they said, we can, not understanding what they were saying. And Jesus said, you will, because he knew what would happen. And by the way, both of these men, James and John, were martyred for their faith. James was the first of the disciples to be martyred for his faith, and John lived to older age, but he was the last of the disciples to be martyred for his faith. They're walking down this road, and they hear Jesus talk about the cross, and they get all caught up in themselves. And if you think it's just James and John's problem, it was the rest of the disciples too. They heard about it, and the Bible says the others were indignant, not because they were concerned for James and John's selfishness or their spiritual immaturity. They were indignant because they wanted to be first too. They wanted to get there before James and John got there. So listen to what happens in verses 41 to 45. When the 10 heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. 
For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life. Jesus uses this lack of perspective as an opportunity to teach. And he teaches him this lesson once again. Whoever wants to be great must become your servant. Have you seen how he's teaching this again and again and again in these chapters, these two chapters that we've just looked at? Jesus is headed towards the cross. And as he heads towards the cross, he is increasing this teaching with his disciples, with his followers. It's all about serving. It's not about you. It is about God's plan and God's kingdom. And there's this amazing verse, verse 45. Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life. J. Vernon McGee calls this verse the key verse in the entire book. It is the verse that focuses on why Jesus came, but it's also the verse that focuses on who I am to be. As a follower of Jesus Christ, I am a servant, even as Jesus was a servant. These verses are all about how you and I can keep life in perspective. Here's what Jesus is saying. If things get lost in my life, even important things in relationships, because I'm following the good news, they're going to be restored greatly. Not without persecution, not without difficulty in this life, but they will be restored. And beyond that, Jesus said, keep this in perspective. I can look forward to eternal life. But as you look forward to eternal life, Jesus says, keep this in perspective. The first will be last, and the last will be first. In fact, Jesus says, if you really want the right perspective on life, whoever wants to be great has to be a servant. Whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. Even I, Jesus says, get this perspective. Even I did not come to be served, but to serve. Let's talk to him. Jesus Christ, where do you want me to serve today? Who do you want me to serve today? How do you want me to give my life in service today? Forgive me for those times when my perspective gets all caught up with me. And I invite you, draw me out of those times to give me the right perspective on life. God, you put me on this earth not to get caught up in me. You put me on this earth to do the same thing you did when you walked this earth, to serve, to give. Show me where I can do that today. I ask it. I ask it, Jesus, in your name. Amen.